So here we go then. Welcome to another edition of the Kings of Anglia Fan Social, the show where the Kauai Army share their thoughts on all things town. And I hope you've all had a good week. They have a bumper show to bring you this week. I'm joined by good old Matt Macon, Liam from Crew, and Bloomers as we discuss town's win at Port Vale. And also got a Kauai Army big question of the week and hot takes ahead of Cholton this weekend. Of course, Town looking to make it three wins on the bounce. Let's see how they can get on. Um, let's go right over to Matt Macon, first of all. We're not going to muck about this time around. I'm going to get stuck into my my pundits, my guests. Matty boy, I know you've been under the weather recently, but how are you, my friend? Yeah, hi, Ross. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I've been laid up with allergy for the last couple of days. I was uh, getting a bit worried that I might not be recovered in time for... Uh, for Charlton on Saturday, but thankfully uh, I'm over the worst of it now. You can probably hear I'm so, a little bit nasally, but yeah, otherwise uh, doing all right. Thank you. Managed to uh, managed to raise myself in the sick bed long enough to set up the laptop on Tuesday and uh, tune into the Port Vale game on iFollow. So uh, that uh, that kind of lifted my spirits to a degree. <laughs> yes, my friend. Love to hear it. Love to hear it. And always a pleasure to have you on, my friend. And we've got Liam from Crew, ladies and gentlemen, on the show. We were in his neck of the woods somewhat on Tuesday night and he was there. In the away end, how are you doing, my friend? Uh, knackered. <laughs> it's been a long week. Uh, didn't get to bed until uh, the very early hours of yesterday morning after that journey down from the Midlands, which that bit is in the Midlands, whereas my neck of the woods is like 20 minutes away across the border. It's still technically in the northwest, so I'm still a northerner. Uh, I'm not having any of what Paul says uh, about Macclesfield being the furthest north. Uh, <laughs> anything south of that is south, so um, I'm still northern. Yes, we, we can hear it in your voice, my friend. We can hear it indeed, but always a pleasure, my friend. And the final man joining us is Bloomers, who is also in his neck of the woods in terms of uh, was it your job when you were there and everything like that? Bloomers, yeah, yeah, nice to meet you again, Ross. Yeah, I was back in Stoke on Trent for the, for the Port Vale game. I used to live uh, in Stoke on Trent for, for a couple of years when I was working with a big reputable. Book, online bookmaker. I'm not sure if you can, I'm not sure if it's like the BBC and you can name them, so I'm just not going to. Um, I'm very, I'm very uh, of the the date right now. Looking at this video screen, I've got, I've got uh, an American football jersey on for for some reason. We'll get more on that later. And then there's a nice big Halloween style scythe behind me as well for my uh, Halloween party I've got on uh, on Saturday night. But let's hope the Green Reaper doesn't turn up at five o'clock on Saturday evening, shall we? Ah, oh, bloomers. Mate, you're a workman with many great talents and Wordsmith is one of them. Um, always a pleasure, my friend. And yeah, I, I completely forgot it's Halloween um, next week on Monday. Um, yeah, I don't know. Actually, that's, that's a nice little question. Matt Macon, what would be your costume of choice if you had to pick a, a Halloween costume? Oh, that's a good question because I've never really done the Halloween dressing up that much. Um I did once go to um, the weirdest Halloween come anniversary party. We had a Halloween party once mixed with my grandparents' 60th wedding anniversary at a pub in Cornwall. And I, I went as a, well, I was a bit of a naff zombie. Basically, I kind of played a bit of both worlds and uh, put some smart clothes on. And then some of those naff kind of wound things make myself look a bit zombie-ish. But I mean, I'll probably go down the, uh, probably go down the American tradition of just dressing up as like a, a villain from a film or something. Go down. Going on the Darth Vader route, something like that. I'm a big Star Wars fan, so uh, yeah, a little bit, a little bit of Darth Vader, cheap, cheap plastic red lightsaber, all the, uh, all the swings out. And the way I've been breathing this week, actually, I probably could do a pretty good impression of Darth Vader. There we go. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Liam from Crew, what, what's yours, my friend? 
Uh, I've, I, I went to a Halloween party at university and I was dressed up as Count Docula, uh, which if um, any, well, probably you won't know, um, but that was a very early 90s uh, cartoon, um, which was voiced by David Jason. Um, so I, uh, I went to a Halloween party dressed as Count Docula because that was the uh, favourite uh, cartoon growing up. Um, in the very early 90s. Didn't he drink carrot juice instead of blood or something, wasn't it? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning new things. Every day I learn new things. Definitely on this podcast <laughs> when people share it. And uh, Bloomers, we were actually going to leave it for later in the podcast, but I thought we're just, as we're now segueing over to you, let's talk about the recent partnership that the club have announced. Um, and it is connected to, well, one of the jerseys you're wearing, Tom Brady. Um, I'll let you explain it a bit more. Everyone's, of course, seen it online. American football fans, I know there's a lot of um, crossovers of town fans in American football as well, because we've got a lot of town fans who love American football. So take it away, my friend. I, I had this joke for Halloween costumes if you're going to come back to me, so I'm going to say it oh. now. Uh, I'm, I, I would have dressed up as a European trophy and gone to get the shit out of Norwich City. No one's laughing because everyone's on mute, just in case you listen to Yeah, so I was about to have some water and then like I everybody said it was really like... harsh on me and pranking <laughs> me. No, that was very good. <laughs> For those of you listening, I was applauding. <laughs> uh, yes, quick point of order. Breaking news in the last, well, half an hour almost. Um, Ipswich Town announced a partnership with TB12, which is the uh, business of one Tom... Patrick Brady, the quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and probably almost universally greatest American football player of all time and probably one of the biggest North American athletes ever. Must be up there with uh, Tiger Woods in terms of uh, marketability and uh, and sort of grasp on the world stage. But yeah, it's a, it's a weird one. According to the press release by um, the club and, and I think it was Mark Ashton doing the, the, the quote. I'm just going to get it up now. I believe Ipswich are the first UK club to officially partner with uh, TB12, um, who basically what he's done is, is launch his own global health and wellness brand. He's uh, 45 years old now and has been in the NFL for 22 years. That's basically the biggest anomaly there is. Most quarterbacks only play five years. He's won seven Super Bowls. So again, more than anyone else ever. And he's still playing if not at the very peak, very near his peak of powers at such a, a late age. And, and he puts it all down to his uh, fitness routine, the TV 12 method. Um, by the sounds of it, uh, Ipswich are going to be taking on the method a little bit at least. Um, there's body coach Chris Souza, who there's a picture of him at the bottom of his press release. Uh, apparently we're working closely with Towns players. And we'll be uh, following the TB12 method, which focuses on performance and recovery techniques applicable to athletes at all levels and those living an active lifestyle. Now, how much of this is actually going to be uh, sort of partnered with Brady is remains to be seen. I don't know if there's going to be Tampa Bay Buccaneers jerseys feeling planet blue anytime soon, but it's certainly a, a, an eye-catching deal. And put it this way, it's one you could never see happening uh, two years ago. So how much of it is a gimmick? I have no idea because, again, we're in uncharted waters. By the sounds of it, it's it's something that's very off the wall and unique. But, uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see just how much of a, a partnership there is and, and whether we will see some TB12 merchandise uh, in, in Planet Blue. Quick, quick fun question uh, at the end of this little spiel. Um, in fact, actually, no, any of you guys got any quotes, then I'll go on to the fun little question because 
I appreciate this might not be your uh, immediate area of expertise, American football, but I'm sure you can appreciate the, the partnership between town and, you know, one of the, again, biggest stars uh, playing sport currently, especially the other side of the pond. I think it's just mad that you can see a Tom Brady picture on the club website. You know, as you said, biggest athlete, you know, American football and, and in world sport in general. So it's just, I'm sure there's some people like, going, wow, it's Tom Brady on Issue Town website. And it's, you know, I know, I don't know how much he's, he's probably not going to be involved and we, we won't see him at a Portland Road game, Tom Brady, or you never know, you never say never. But yeah, it's mad. <laughs> Liam, Matt, any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think I said it. I said in the green room beforehand. I would say American football's not not my thing, but I might be on the wrong side of history there as a a, a grumpy bloke going, "Oh, I don't get it. It's not rugby, but not as good." But I think regardless of what you think about NFL, whether you you, you love it, like it, dislike it, hate it, whatever, you know, like Bloomer said, having sort of two years ago, and certainly under Marcus Evans, this sort of partnership was was cloud cuckoo land um and i'm i'm all for things that will improve sort of physical and mental well-being for anybody whether it's the club or otherwise and um i think sort of just picking up on some other thing i can say only was announced not long sort of before we started recording so i think a lot of it is around sort of the dietary side is around plant-based diets which we know will, will please our good friend bono uh, he of the uh, he of the uh, having a plant-based dish named after him at the greyhound football menu um but yeah if it if it gives us an edge um, in terms of sort of our, our physical and, and mental performance, um, then then yeah, I'm all for it. And again, it's uh, it, it's good marketability. It links us to, well. It kind of ties in with all all the great sort of marketing commercial opportunities we've had under Game Changer. And I think the fact we're we linked with not only like the arguably the biggest pop star in the world at the moment in terms of sort of sponsorship on the back of our shirts, but also sort of with one of the like North America's biggest um athletes um is 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 huge really for for a club of our size and where we are in uh, in the football pyramid at the moment liam well i mean i have no interest in american football like matt but essentially it's it's been aligning uh the brand isn't it because you I was going to say about Ed Sheeran, <laughs> and Matt took it straight just away from me, just at the end. Um, obviously, aligning ourselves to worldwide brands is just going to make the club even bigger. The name go worldwide, really. It's, it, if if you were going to obviously, in a football term, try and associate the football club with something to do with football, then obviously. Um, you'd think immediately David Beckham, wouldn't you? One of the most um, iconic footballers on the planet. Um, and what a brand he's become since he's retired. Well, Tom Brady obviously still going, but he is a massive brand. And to be associated with that, it doesn't matter if he's not going to actually be directly involved at the football club. Just having his name associated potentially is just going to bring so much more um, visibility at the club, especially in America, where the American owners are, um, to release the brand even further across across that continent. So um, I'm all for it. I'm all for the club trying to push itself um, around the world as uh, we try and climb back up the pyramid. 
I completely agree. Completely agree. I mean, like I say I'm a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan, so and I'm currently wearing Tom Brady's jersey. It's a bit bizarre, all of this, but um, yeah, I mean, just just a quick one about uh, the TB12 method. I'm not going to do all all my best Julian McKeith stuff on you, but I'll just read some of the lines on uh, on on the website. Uh, it's a series of healthy daily diet habits across five pillars: pliability, nutrition, hydration, movement, and mental fitness. Um, just to give a, a quick fun one. So drinking water is very key as part of this uh, diet. Uh, uh, Ross is drinking, I assume, not Russian standards by holding up a clear yeah, glass. There's water in this. I did have a bottle on me. I don't know where it's gone. Um, anyways, uh, just how much water a day do you think Tom Brady recommends that uh you should have just this is for brady himself he's 200 pounds i don't i can't do the actually uh hey siri what's 200 pounds in stone 200 pounds is 14.29 stone okay so for someone who's 14 stone how much water do you think they should have answers you three go a day answers in, in obviously milliliters <laughs> um of course, we've got a strike coming up as well. Two and a half thousand milliliters. Yeah, this is the strike. This is the strike started early. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah, two and a half thousand milliliters, I reckon. How much, sorry? Two point, uh, two and a half thousand milliliters. So 2.5 liters, Ross. Yeah. Can I just say higher? I don't... Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's a conservative guess, to be fair. Uh, I'll, I'll, say, I'll say four liters. 3.3 liters a day. Technically, that's what I was saying. So, <laughs> just really. think about like a you know, well, think about a pint, which is five sixty-eight. So you've got to have oh six and a bit pints, ah, six and a bit pints a day. It sounds about sounds about yeah. like Charlton away on Saturday. If I'm being honest. Definitely, definitely. Um, but yeah, it's yeah. I'm sure like you're a big Tampa Bay fan, Bloomer. So I'm sure it is just unreal just seeing a picture of Tom Brady on our website. Yeah, and, uh, very bizarre. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. But um, there we go then, ladies and gentlemen. Some breaking news on the podcast. Um, and let's segue to back to Tuesday night. Um, Town, of course, winning 3-2 at Port Vale. Um, Freddie Dapo scoring two. But Cameron Humphrey stole the show. Of course, his first league start, scoring absolutely well to a goal. Matty Macon, your takeaways from the game, my friend. Yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting, wasn't, wasn't it? I, I was gutted not to be there. Um I want, I've done Stoke City, so I wanted to do Port Vale as well just to complete the Stoke-on-Trent set. But uh, even without being unwell this week, just a Tuesday night game was, was just no good for me and with work commitments at the moment. So at least I was able to tune in on an follow. But, I mean, we made harder work of it than we needed to. <laughs> we 2-0 two, two up and cruising. And then all of a sudden you, you concede that, that sloppy goal um, just before half-time and, and then concede an equaliser straight after the restart, you know. But I think what's, what's good about Tuesday night was that, and again, that's a game that's very similar. Well, it's almost identical at one point to the Cambridge game away at the Abbey last season where we were 2-0 up and cruising and and then uh, ended up drawing it 2-all. Um, we managed to get ourselves back in front, you know. Um, I thought uh, I thought Freddie Ladapo looked looked good on Tuesday night, um, watching it on, on iFollow. You know, he's got two goals. Hopefully that's his... Confidence boost enough. I really when he when he came on against uh, Derby on Friday, I 
I must admit, I'm I'm a big Freddie the Depper fan. Not not as big as as Mark Beck is mine, but I don't. Not many of us can be. But you know, I thought he really did look. Like he had he had, uh, he had lead in his boots uh, on Friday night. So to see him sort of back on on form um, was brilliant. And I mean, Cameron Humphrey's goal. I mean, I think I think I sent a very excitable voice note on the KY Army <laughs> WhatsApp group because that that was a hell of a strike. Um, but there was there was some good team play for all the goals as well. Um, I think particularly particularly for Humphrey's goal as well. Um, and we managed to see it out. It wasn't comfortable viewing. It was certainly wasn't comfortable viewing at home in the second half. I'll have to, I'll have to look to Liam and Bloomers about how comfortable or uncomfortable it was in the stand in the second half. But again, that's that's a game we'd have drawn or gone on and lost last season. And we, we, we do have that sort of that mental and physical fortitude now that we are able to deal with sort of adverse situations in games. Um most of the time, and 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 sort of get through it, and that, that's another three points, uh, which is very important. Bearing in mind, um, Plymouth dropped points on Tuesday night. Oh no, they didn't. They won in the end, didn't they? Yeah, they did. They, did. Oh, they didn't drop points. But one thing I do know for sure is uh, Sheffield Wednesday dropped points um, last night as well. Um, you know, so there's now I think what's a five-point gap. Between coming off the back of a of a tough Friday night against against Derby and getting a win there, you know that's that's two wins on the spin. Uh, you know we're keeping the pace with Plymouth, um, and we need to be. If, if people, I mean, I'm still not sure whether they'll fall off or not like they did last season. But if they do fall off, we need to be right behind them to take advantage of that. So if we can be keeping pace with them, um, uh, that that's only a good thing, you know. And and we're starting to slowly starting to widen that gap between um, us and the playoff spots. So. Yeah, it was yeah, all in all good. But I, one thing I will say is we need to be a little bit better at the back because we were quite frail. And, and I'm quite keen to see us play sort of passing it out from the back, you know. But there was a couple of times where I was almost falling off the sofa because it, it felt a little bit suicidal at points. And I think Luke Wolfenden was guilty of his great strength is how calm he is, but it's also a bit of his weakness as well about he can be a little bit too laid back. And there was a couple of times I thought we were going to play ourselves right into trouble. And it's going to look like when you press the wrong button on FIFA and giving the ball away in your own area. Yeah, I, I do that a lot. Sorry to say, I do that a lot. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Liam, you were there in the away ends. Um, I don't think we're expecting a five-goal thriller. Um, <laughs> I think uh, I think I think a lot of people predicted maybe a one-nil, two-nil win. Normally, when we do predictions, we normally actually lose if we do all wins. But um, it, it's three points in the bag. And Matt said we've said already that is the sort of game we would have lost last season, but we didn't. Uh, we kept it three two, but yeah, overall takeaways from the game, my friend. Um, it's a strange game, wasn't it? Really, first twenty minutes has been like the last three games in a nutshell. Very slow start, pedestrian passing, not a lot of creativity really. Um, Port Vale, to be fair, didn't really do a lot either. Although they did have the best chance of the game with, uh, I think it was Ellis Harrison with the header that he put wide. Um, but I never felt like we were under huge pressure. We just we were just kind of playing ourselves into trouble, really, by being just so slow and allowing them to press high and do it effectively, pushing us back into our own half. But then as soon as we started upping it, and I mean, the ball from um, Dom, uh, <laughs> uh, why to leave Davis? I mean, that was just an absolute killer of a ball that just completely took out Port Vale's midfield completely. 
out wide and obviously Ladapo in the middle to to tap in. And then I, I, it was strange. When we went 2-0 up, it was literally suddenly you're sitting there thinking, how many are we going to get tonight now? It's going to be a matter of how many. And I, I literally did not see Port Vale scoring. Um, and then we kind of shot ourselves in the foot with a really just falling asleep, to be honest. Um, at the back, a couple of players switched off, um, conceded that really poor goal. And you're thinking at half time, well, okay, let's let's go let's go again. Let's let's try and get the third and, and give ourselves a cushion again. And we go and do the complete opposite and from another cross as well, which is a little bit worrying. Um at this time obviously a corner. We go and concede within two, three minutes of, of the restart. And then you're thinking, Oh, damn. Now suddenly you're thinking from a comfortable two nil position, how many are we gonna score? three points in the bag to suddenly we're only drawing, we might lose this. Um, and then we get the goal. And as Matt said earlier, um, talking about how comfortable we were, um, I would say it wasn't that comfortable. But at the same time, I don't think Port Vale created a huge amount. I don't think there was much Walton had to do. It was just obviously every time the ball went into the mixer, especially with what had, what had happened gone before, um, that you're a little bit worried um, from crosses that town were going to fold again. But they held out. Um, and I think the key thing is is what Matt was talking about, about winning a game like that when not playing um, as well. Um, for me, I'm not too bothered about Plymouth at the moment. Uh, if we stay with Plymouth, um, well, great. But at the moment, my my I'm looking down below and trying to see the gap increase. And I think we're up to 14 points now uh, from seventh, um, which is key. Um, and hopefully, uh, with Sheffield Wednesday dropping points, that's now five. We can now increase that. That gap and look, want to win the league, but if we go up second, and um, I'm not bothered as long as we go up, uh, I'm not bothered if it's first or second. I, I honestly think though Plymouth, they they may they may have a, a period where they will start faltering potentially. I think January will be an interesting month for them because their key players, most of them, are on loan. So it'll be a question of will they keep those players or will the parent club recall them? And if they have to then return those players, they then have to go out and replace them with other loanees potentially. Will they fit the same? Liam, sorry to interrupt here. We're talking about the Port Vale game, not Plymouth. Um, no, I know. I know. But the just point saying. I'm, the, yeah. But I'm, be, I'm being I'm brutal in. now. I was too kind last week. I'm being brutal now. If it was segue onto something different, it's not. Yeah, but carry the on. What I'm, I'm making though is, at the end of the day, a win is kept us up there, and and um, I don't care about Plymouth at the moment. So, um, but Leaf Davis gets better and better. That that's yeah. for me. That's a big thing. Yes, sorry, I'm sorry, Liam. That was very rude of me. I'm, I'm normally a very polite <laughs> young man, but I was like, where's he going here with Plymouth? But yeah, that there. Yeah, it'll be very interesting when we play them, when we do play them next year. Uh, Bloomer, let's bring you in, my friends. Um, let's talk more about players who, you know, Ladapo two goals. I said Cameron Humphreys stole the show of his performance. How good was Cameron Humphreys? I mean, put it this way. I 
In fact, this is really embarrassing, but I'll fully admit to it. Um, I was going. I went to the game um, uh, with a Stoke City fan, um, a friend of mine who's, who's born and bred in Stoke and still lives there. So he thoroughly enjoyed the, the five goals anyways. I'm just going through the team at the start of the game when um, the lineups were announced. And he was just like looking through, told me the ones he'd heard of. Um, we got to the back, he was looking at defence. I was like, I oh, yeah, Wolf of Deny, everyone loves him. He's a local lad. He's the only local lad in the starting lineup. Completely forgetting about Cameron Humphreys. Um, but I think that kind of, it almost is a way, it was just not that it wasn't surprising. It wasn't surprising him being in the starting lineup because of the injuries that we had. So it's understandable that he came in. But then the fact that he transitioned in that game to look like someone who'd been there from time immemorial was so impressive. And yeah, I mean, what more can you ask for from a full debut when you get a goal, an assist, and the general consensus is you were man of the match, if not one of the men of the match? Uh, I believe, although I never actually saw this, or maybe I was just too busy waving my scarf around my head that in the first sort of 30 seconds someone put a reducer on him um or someone someone gave him a bit of a rough and tumble but uh he stood up to it brilliantly and again like at, towards the end of the game he made a fantastic challenge on the touchline that stopped a counter-attack a potential counter-attack from Vale and yeah I, I most people are clambering for him to start over ball on Saturday assuming as we all do that Morsey's going to come straight back in which 99.9999% you will. Um, it's a lot to ask for a youngster to come in and have two away games in four days, five days, four days, five days. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm confused. I think it's four days, Wednesday, Thursday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday. I had two games in five days. I was right. You sure that's water in your bottle, Bloomers? <laughs> um, but yeah, like we'll see if, if he does get the nod. I, I tend to think he won't. But when you look at the the characteristics the squad is making up for and, and how much it seems to mean to each and every player, even ones that aren't playing, like the scenes after the game again where everyone's surrounded Humphreys, just like a lot of them surrounded Carl Edwards after the Cambridge game. Clearly, it, it, you know, it's a very tight-knit group. And I saw um, John Jules as well. Um, I After the, the Vale game, I think he was with Janoi Danassian or, or Freyla Dapo. It's, it's on the Town and Five video. But he's dancing around, loving life. And again, he was one that, you know, has, has come and gone throughout the season. He's never been a, a regular starter. But when you've got the, the likes of the, the fringe players, fringe and inverted commas, if you like, showing the emotion that they're doing, that there's clearly something right going on at the moment. And, and for someone like Humphrey to come in and look like he's just part of that solid unit so easily is a testament to um mckenna and, and martin pert and all of the backroom staff and the togetherness that this squad's built on you know on their on their own it's just also but it's also pleasing so something's gonna have to go wrong soon yeah <laughs> um and one thing i love as well bloomers and some people won't know this away games every time i know it's full time i look around and you're there front and center with your scarf Definitely for one. I don't know, maybe even with Lost, you may be screaming and going, bloody hell, rubbish, rubbish. But thankfully on Tuesday night, you we'll, were celebrating. We'll come, on, we'll come on to that for the match. <laughs> that, yes, yeah, which exactly I know, as people may have seen back in December when we did the game day at the Valley. And yeah, we'll get on to that. Um, any other notes, boys, from Port Vale? Lots already been covered, of course, on the main pod and other stuff. But Matt, Liam, Bob Loomis, I, you, Matt? I 
I just wanted to add on what what Bloomers was saying about sort of Cam Cam Humphrey sort of being like he'd been there all this time. I I missed I missed it on any on any replays, whatever. Watching it on iFollow on Tuesday night, but somebody I can't, I can't remember in the KOA chat might have been in another ITFCF chat. Apparently there was a shot of him giving stick to somebody when Port Vale pulled one back, and I thought to be saying you there's some senior players in that squad you're playing alongside. So sort of so he, he had the brass there to to pick up if. Where where things had gone wrong, you know, and 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 chew somebody out, you know, that's that's a good sign going forward that he's not he's not afraid to do that with he, with his peers who've got a lot more league experience than he has, you know. I, I completely agree with Bloomers both on what he said about Humphreys looking like he's been there. If you get that's actually his first league start because we've seen him come off the bench a couple of times and he's, he started some trophy games. Um, so you forget actually that's his first league start on, on Tuesday night. And you know, that and then and that togetherness in the squad as well. I'm I'm, I'm completely with you, Bloomers, on that. That's fantastic to see. We, we've had years and years where we've had so many lone players in the squad and it has looked just like um, a, a group of individuals. And even, even to an extent under Cook at the start of last season, it, it felt like just a big group of individuals rather than a team. But yeah, whatever McKenna and Purton and their team have done, you know, the fact that you've got somebody like, oh, I'm going to say Danny John Jules and Tyrese John Jules, um, you know, whooping and the fact he, you forget, he's a lone player. He's not even our player, you know, and the fact that he's that invested, you know, is is an absolute testament. There's a real good feeling around around the club in general, cool. playing and non-playing stuff. It is, it's fantastic to see. I mean, do you remember um, under Lambert, the first season we are in League One, that that, brief, about that mate. yeah okay maybe you don't, yeah. maybe you don't want <laughs> those those few occasions where after the game we were all doing that they were all doing this uh bundesliga style whatever the hell that was and how contrived and forced it all felt and paul cook's little jogging out the tunnel at the start of each game like all that stuff so it felt it didn't feel authentic and i mean these sets of these at us the set us set of supporters like we can sense this a mile off. Like we can sense phonies a mile off, and I think that's what makes it all the more sweet. Is that yeah. you really do get the sense it's all genuine. I mean, Liam, you, you being someone who don't you know, fifteen twenty years ago wasn't part of the town tribe. Like, what do you think now that you can notice a, a difference between when you first started going and now? <laughs> oh, I can I can see a massive difference. I can tell you. My, my first season as a season ticket holder was um, two wins, two goals, and relegation. Um, so, um, and I was I was given I was kind of persuaded to get that season ticket on a whole new era after McCarthy had left. And um, in the end, the new era turned out to be <laughs> an odyssey in League One, which hasn't actually finished yet um so it is it is a massive massive difference and and a lot of it obviously has come from the takeover because the the quality of player is is so much better um than it was um beforehand i mean low knees are great but they're not your players whereas these now are our players and that's that's the key thing and 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 you talk about john jules i mean there could be an opportunity to get him permanently the only thing i would say about that is i didn't think the substitutions in the second half actually helped us um because i thought ladapo was very very good up front and i think he was not great against derby and he was definitely not great against sheffield wednesday when he came on i wonder if he performs better when he starts 
um, than having to be pushed into the fray in the second half. Um, I, I don't know. It's You're talking about John Jules now, aren't you? You're talking about John Jules, not Ladapo, because Ladapo scored twice. No, yeah, but Ladapo, yeah. I think Ladapo plays better when he starts than mm. he does when he comes off the bench. There's two games this season against two fairly big clubs in Derby and Sheffield Wednesday where he's come off and not played particularly well, looked interested, if anything. Whereas when he started, uh, he's he's looked pretty good, to be honest. I think some of the stick I've already said before is unwarranted. Um, but John Jules, I, he didn't win the ball uh, when he came on. He was struggling to keep the ball up front, and that was largely then leading to Port Vale attacking us. So I didn't think the subs actually were. I thought we could have kept Ladapa maybe for another 10 minutes, maybe before making that. And Harness, again, came on. Gave the ball away a bit and didn't go into the 50-50s. But um, some, I know we have five subs, but sometimes I think, do we always need to make those substitutions if things things are going all right? And at that time, Ladapo was holding up the ball and bringing players into play. He went off and we kind of lost that. And we kind of allowed Port Vale to then get more on top of us and start flinging those balls into the box. But I, I, don't I, know. I completely agree with you. And I think it's very similar to when, when Ladapo came off quite early against Plymouth, you know, and again, we, we lost that ability to make the ball stick up top um, at home park and, and we got punished you know, um, uh, that, that day, where obviously we didn't, we didn't on Tuesday, but yeah, I think like you say, Ladapo from the off, he, he's very good. And, and there's a lot he does that's not goal scoring in terms of keeping that ball up front and, and stretching defenders and, and bringing other people into play that is perhaps the less sexy side of what he does, what a number nine does in the Kieran McKenna formation. And again, I think it was what, 60, 65 minutes he came off on, on Tuesday. And again, I, I was thinking that's a little bit early. You know, that's the one thing I, I hate to crit criticise Kieran McKenna because he's got so much right this season. But I do sometimes think, yeah, we're, we're it does sometimes feel like we're making that change for the sake of making a change because we've got five subs and, and good depth on the bench. Um, but hey, we want, so what do I know? <laughs> very true, very true, my friend. But no, always good opinions, always good opinions. And it sort of segues nicely, actually, onto the Kaway Army question of the week. And it is, which town player has surprised you the most this season? Um, so, Bloomers, we'll start with you. Um, we're not heard from you for a little bit. Um, so, which player are you picking it surprised you most this season so far? I think the answer is Lee Evans. I think most of us could see there was a player in Lee Evans mm. since he's been here. He, he certainly he was certainly never even labelled like a flop or anything like that prior to prior to this season. But I think the way he's formed that partnership with Morsey so effectively has surprised me. <laughs> it's the title of the question has surprised me um it's gonna be interesting to see how actually we hold up on a more than one game basis without him now that the news that came out today actually there's another bit of news i'm sorry if you were going to go on this later ross uh, uh no, it evans, sort of segues nicely now carry on okay evans is out with uh medial ligament damage but it's not season ending but it looks like it will be weeks rather than months um, I mean, he made 27 appearances uh, in League One last season. He's already made 15 this season. So he was well on his way to smashing that 
um, that that appearance total this season. And yeah, I mean, he became one of the first names on the team sheet very, very quickly. I know that Evans had that hat-trick against Doncaster um, last season, didn't he, in the 6-0. And again, we all thought, oh, here we go. It might have turned out a bit more of a Grant Ward than a... Uh, who else has got a hat-trick in the last 10 years? It was Daryl Murphy. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's really pleasing that that sort of midfield axis became so strong so early on and hopefully with with ball humphreys and possibly kamara if if he plays in that that similar role or if mckenna tweaks it for when he is fully fit do we have the capacity to withstand us losing evans for the foreseeable uh, time will tell but i wouldn't want to be in a position where we're relying on cameron humphreys not because of him himself just because you don't ever want to be relying on an 18 year old week in week out but fortunately i don't think that's that's going to be the case okay now good choice lee evans yeah he has or for a lot of people he's down as the player of the year so far but yeah injuries always come at the wrong time for players and uh sadly it's come for lee evans but i'm sure he'll be hopefully to get back as quick as he can matt and macon which player are you choosing this was a, this was a tough one because I, I almost went down the same road as Bloomers and picked Lee Evans, but for me, I thought actually he was starting to show that that promising signs under McKenna last season before obviously he missed the end of the season through injury. So I thought maybe maybe it's quite not a surprise for me. I think for me it's Kyle Edwards, and obviously that's, that's quite a recent one with him sort of breaking into that first team, and he, he's obviously had some good performances in trophy matches, and he's managed to to earn the right to, to get a go. And I really think, like, when I was the same as a lot of people when we signed him last summer. I thought you watched him sort of against, sort of against Morecambe at the first game of the season last year, and you thought, oh, crikey, how have we, how have we signed a player like this in League One? You know, And then he, he, he really went off the board, and whether that, that's because Cook was playing him out of position or whether it was an attitude problem or whatever, I'm not quite sure. And he kind of faded away. And I almost thought, is this kind of a, there's a player in there, but does does he need a move away to start again because it's all gone so wrong so quickly for him at Ipswich? But he seems to have doubled down, and from what from what McKenna said uh, about his attitude in trainings, but he's been exemplary, you know. And he's he's worked his way back into contention, you know. And he obviously, had a, unfortunately, I, I missed the Cambridge game because of work. Obviously, he had a great game against Cambridge, and I thought again when he when he came on on, on Friday night. He, he looked very good against Derby and again, obviously, um, and on Tuesday night, watching watching again the, him against Port Vale, you know, he was he was causing some real havoc down the left-hand side and what, what he can do with the ball at his feet is very good, you know, and the fact that he's now actually, um, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised, I suppose, the way he put it, because I honestly thought he may, maybe wouldn't reach his potential with us and perhaps it would be, for him, a bit of a failed experiment moving moving to Ipswich and he might have to go elsewhere to um to, to find his form again but I'm I'm very happy to be wrong on that one you know and he just looks so happy as well you know and he's so pleased and it all comes back to what we were talking about just now about that togetherness you know that obviously he's had that support from from the other players in the team and he's, he's had that sort of arm around shoulder from from McKenna and 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 the coaching staff you know, and it's it yeah. I'm hoping that sort of he carries on on this sort of this upward trajectory. Yeah, in the celebrations, he's always there with a big smile on his face, always dancing. It's always good to see um, a great character having the squad. Um, Liam, we've had Carl Edwards, we've had Lee Evans. Um, have you got another player, or are you echoing both Bloomers and Matt? Of course. Um, for me, 
Um, it's Cam Burgess. Um, I think last season we obviously knew he would be good enough for League One and we knew he was going to be a good, solid League One defender. Struggled to really get into the team um, and do a lot. Um, had a little run near the back end of the season and then obviously the red card at Shrewsbury, kind of, you're thinking, mm, is he going to be in McKenna's plans going forward? He, he stays in the summer. Um, but we all know that he's not going to really get a chance to be in that back three. And so obviously with Edmondson's injury, um, he started the season absolutely brilliantly. And it actually he was a colossus at the back. He was he was fantastic, a lot better than than um I, I would give him credit for. Um some people might just call him just a typical League One defender, but he's he's actually was one of our, if not the best defender in that back three for a, a period. And then obviously that cruel injury at Bristol Rovers kind of lost him his place. But how 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 many people actually were saying last season that Cameron Burgess should be starting ahead of Edmondson? And then all of a sudden, Burgess is starting ahead of Edmondson on merit. It wasn't even Edmondson was on his way back. He got back, but Burgess was starting ahead of him on merit. And I think, um, and it it did that did surprise me. Um, and he has surprised me. And I, I hope that we will still see the same player um, as we did pre-injury. But obviously, we'll have to wait and see on that. He he made his. Uh, return on Tuesday night um, and what a what a man mountain he is to come on with a face mask having so many screws in his in his face after pretty much reconstruction surgery after that really dreadful injury against Bristol Rovers and he's come on to basically be physical at the back and head balls away I mean the man is just an absolute mountain so uh, I, I tip my hat off Tip my hat off to him. I think he's been brilliant. It's not often an X-ray makes you queasy, but when when he tweeted that picture of of the X-ray about how, how smashed up his face got, oh yeah, that yeah, that, that like definitely turned my stomach. Yeah, definitely. And there's something. I mean, he's quite an imposing player already. The fact that he came on with a mark. I mean, it always adds a plus one to a player's in, in, intimidating nature. But Cam Burgess with a mask on. That's you're going up against going up against him. That's got to strike a little bit of fear into you. He's got to look like it's some sort of super villain on the pitch. I imagine anyone facing up against him. Yeah, that was that was fair play to Cameron Burge. We knew he was a you know a hard Scottishman, but um he he proved that coming on. And as you said, he had to come on when we were defending to keep the lead. Um, but no, good choices, boys. Um, let's segue nicely onto the strike then. Matt Macon, Liam from Crew and Bloomers go head to head. Four questions plus a tiebreaker as standard. Um, four questions, pretty much all around Cholton um, and just connections and stuff like that. Um, let me just quickly get this up. Uh, and if you can hear my fan in the background, ladies and gentlemen, it's actually my fan on my laptop, which has just decided to come alive. So hopefully it's not too bad. Boys, is it? Can you hear it? Just to. No? I can't hear it, but I'm now worried that your laptop's going to go bang before we finish recording. (laughs) So the shadowy arching figures, if you're listening, um, I may need a new laptop because my fan is just 
a lie, but maybe it's not picking up, which is good. Um, the anyway. po- the pork gunners left to sign off on that, does he? Because you might struggle. <laughs> yeah, maybe I may do. Yeah, I may do. Um, but yeah, it was good to see good old Mike Bacon on the main pod, uh, the flagship show this week. Um, big up him. Um, okay, question one. He's on Cameron Humphreys. Of course, we praise him a lot. And of course, he actually made his league debut in the Blues 2-0 defeat at Cholton last season, coming on as a sub. But for who? Was it Luco Fraser or Kyle Edwards? Um, I think I think we were 2-0 down at that point. He came on. It just You felt so sorry for him, really. He's like making your league debut for the club you've been at <laughs> seven years of age. And that, that was an absolute mess that night. I, yeah, I, I felt really sorry to, for him to even be considered to come on. He just came on and ran around the pitch and it was just... It was just sad because I, I think he would have been better just sitting on the bench and not being part of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, who did he come on for? What do you reckon? I've gone, I don't know if you can see that because of the light. Uh, Fraser. Fraser. Hello, Hello, Funny enough, you're all actually wrong. It's actually Carl Edwards. Um, oh. so there we go. Um, I thought we might yeah. have sold Scott Fraser by then. That's why I didn't say him. No, he's in December. Uh, it was de- de- December, wasn't it? So it was just before. Yeah, he signed. He'd, he'd obviously been uh, he'd obviously been uh, for a little tour around the valley before the match at that point. Yeah, yeah. And do you know what? <laughs> it, it may say que- question three, but I am going to do the Scott Fraser question now. Um, so I'm, I'm so I'm just going to bring it in. Um, what shirt number? Renegade. Does... Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Yeah. But yeah, what shirt number does Scott Fraser wear at town? Was 11, 17 or 20? If this was the last question, I wouldn't have done it. That's just the third question. I can just go back to the question. It's still nil, nil, nil. No, no one's got a point so far, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, 11, 17 or 20. Take away, boys. I've gone 11. 11? Oh, fuck, I think it is 11. I went 20. It is 11. Uh- and that has gone 11 as well. So it is 1, 1, 0. Um... So there we go. Question two, but question three. But it says question two <laughs> on here. Um, of course, we've got a lot of town players who've got connections with um, Charlton and Town because of just, you know, we, we stuck with Chol Town for a while. So I've just picked one player and I picked Darren Bent. And, um, and of course, he was back at Porton Road doing talk sport. Matt, you know, Matt Holland was back as well on Friday night. He, he pretty much is nowadays a lot. Um, but I thought, let's pick Darren Bent because why not? Now, do you know what Darren Bent's middle name is, boys? Is it Ashley, Francis, or Lee? Just you know me like my middle names. Always a good question to bring bring you. So just 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 think it in your head. Is it Darren? Duh, duh, Bent. And yeah, okay. Ashley. I've gone Ashley. 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 Oh, I've gone Lee. It is. It is Ashley. It is Ashley. So Liam is two one one. So Liam's in in the front. Going to the final question, and the final question is actually a true or false question. Um, so, true or false? Town have won more games at the Valley than Cholton in twenty-eight games. Well, I mix up the strike this week. Bring you a true and a false. So yeah, how many games? Twenty-eight games. Have Town won? Actually, double check the actual answer here. So you got you got time to think, guys. I didn't actually put the answer down on my my notes. So um, I little think, and I will be there with you shortly. No, no looking up yourselves. I trust you, but you never know. You got time here to cheat if you wanted to. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah, got it. Okay. I'm gonna go. False. True. True. 
is actually it's actually false. <laughs> they're actually basically right. yeah they've 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 won eleven, drawn four, and lost thirteen at the valley. That is that is yeah that is uh, that is twenty eight and that is twenty eight games. Yeah. Um, so Liam Liam from Cruz won again. Liam, you've done it again. <laughs> um, we've got a tiebreaker though, of course, my friend. Um, what do, what do you reckon? You gonna gamble? Well, I gambled last time and I lost it on the direct <laughs> one with PG. So gamble, gamble, gamble. <laughs> yeah. So shall I just be the first person in strike history to not gamble and just go? Uh, that I'll would gamble. Be boring. Go. Yeah, it would, <laughs> that would be very boring. Liam. Yeah. Um. Now I don't know how this tiebreaker can. It may work. It may not. But we'll sh- we shall see. Um. Because normally it's closest to the correct answer, but. Actually, to be fair, it can be still the same. But what position in League One did Cholton finish last season? Um, so actually, yeah, actually, it does still work. Like you know, how many goals? Pretty much because, yeah, if you get it bang on, yeah, you, you've won. Um, but of course, Leo has won overall. Um, even if you know you get closer, still, Liam still wins. Okay, Liam, let's start with you, my friend. I've gone fourteenth. Okay. Matt? 12. Ah. Okay. Literally, I know you could see me writing as Matt said it. I also said 12. Oh. Well, isn't isn't that where we finished? No, we finished 11th, and I've got a feeling they finished one place behind us. No, it's 13th. <sighs> oh. 13th place. Oh. There we no, go. Uh, I think they might have been a place behind us going into the last day when we yeah. bumped them. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm now Googling. I'm now going to Google League One. <laughs> just to double check, I got it right. Just the, just the case. No, no, it's no. A... I believe you got it right. I just want to know who finished in between us and Charlton. Yeah, I, I can't know. remember like, now. Let, but let me know just in case if I have got it wrong. Uh, Ipswich, know me later. Hang on. Ipswich finished 11th with 70 points. Charlton finished in 13th with 59 points. That's uh, 11 <laughs> points less. And 12th place was Accrington Stanley. Wow. Well, hey. Yeah. 61 points. We, we finished one place <laughs> above Accrington in the Football League pyramid. But, but nine the, points, though, by nine points. But still, I mean, yeah. The, fun, the funny thing with that was when we, when we had that horrible night at the Valley, they went above us and they were like flying. They must have gone like six or seven points ahead of us when we were on that bad run and. They were flying, and then come the end of the season, they've just like dropped and have finished they, eleven they, points behind us. It's just <clears throat> nuts. Their form dropped off a cliff not long after Christmas, if I recall. Yeah, because yeah, and obviously then their, their manager got me. Accrington in League One, where they seem to pick up a lot of points early on, and then that's enough to keep them out of trouble for the back end of the season. But this season, well, I mean, they're not in the bottom four, but they are only. Three points off the drop, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. I do like Atkinson. I mean, Andy Holt can be a bit marmite, but I've got no ill will to Atkinson. No, and I mean, Andy Holt is a bit marmite on Twitter. I'm sure he's a lovely yes. person, but yeah. Um, but yeah, there we go then, Liam. Um, you haven't had a chance to do your speech, my friend. You, this week you have won the strike because, of course, you gambled last <laughs> time and beat you one because you got it bang on. But um, you have won outright this time around. Your thoughts, just your, your speech. I'm, I'm getting good at these. <laughs> I, I seem to do very well at these. Maybe um, 
maybe when the Invitational comes about again next summer, I'll uh, I'll be one of the leading front runners all of a sudden from being like just a first round minnow that was just there for participation and becoming a juggernaut. So come on then, bring it on. <laughs> I like my friend. And it's not fixed, ladies and gentlemen. I know me and Liam are very close and he's, he does drive me about a lot of bit and we can maybe a lot of talking in the car, but this is all from Liam. He, he, he went for it and he, he, of course, guessed very well. Um, okay, then. The strike is done for another week. It's now time for a new feature on the podcast. And it, it's not unique, but it's hot takes. Instead of doing a, a basic preview to look ahead to Towns Game against Sharp. We keep you up, Loomis. Bit of a yawn there on video. I, I, I shouldn't. Yeah, I shouldn't be tired because I say I'm staying up to watch the American football tonight. So Ooh. it'll be uh, four four a.m. until I get to bed. Bloody hell, mate! Get 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 some you know energy in you somehow. Um, I'll be mainlining coffee to my veins. Don't worry. Yes, like it, like it. But yes, hot takes, ladies and gentlemen. Hot takes. Um, so time to predict something that could happen in the game from the sublime to ridiculous. Matty Macon, what are you going for? Uh, well, my first one was happening out of the game and that, that Bloomers would be recognised by at least two stewards after his now infamous explosion at the Valley in December. <laughs> um, I thought, well, that's, that's not on pitch, really, is it? I don't know. On, on pitch. I don't know. My, my hot take, and it's because I'd love to see it, is, is Janoy Danassian's going to score a goal. You ah. know, he, he, had, he, had that, he had that whiff against Plymouth. I believe it was a confirmed whiff by the panel. Um and yeah, I know that's, that's my hot take. D- Danassian to finally score a goal for Ipswich Town. How's it going to happen? Uh, do you know what I want to say? Just to make it even more ludicrous, given how poor our defending has been against set piece lately, it's going to be from a corner. Header from a corner. Ooh, do you not? Do you normally stays at the back, though? That's, that, that's the only bad thing about that's that. What I mean, that's why it's got to be a hot take. He's just going to come steaming yeah. in. Yeah, or yeah, you said it could or could be like late in the game, and he just wants yeah, yeah. You know, and that could be a winner. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And as I've got you, Matt, actually quickly, just your quick score prediction. And like, so Janoy's going to score. What's going to score prediction going to be? I think it's going to be three-one Ipswich. Um, I think there was. I know. I said. I know. I know. We made hard work of it on Tuesday night, but I think. I think we are a better side than Charlton. Uh, Charlton can be a little bit patchy. It all depends on what sort of team turns up on the day I don't think we're quite we're, we are a little bit frail at the back we've seen that especially from set pieces the last few games today got caught out against Lincoln the other week obviously uh caught out from set pieces on Tuesday night so I can't see us keeping a clean sheet but I think yeah three one three one town I'm 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 going confident okay then okay then well then Liam from crew over to you take it away <laughs> your hot take for Charlton now As Bloomers has worked in this area, I want him to judge on what odds I might get for this. Um, I am going for um, Scotty Fraser to step up from the penalty spot, do another Burton. The ball ends up going all the way up the other other, other end of the park and Ladapo finishes it off on the counter. To put town ahead, what are you giving me for that, Bloomers? Um, I've got four hundred four error dot exe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, correct answer. Uh, that is more of a request a bit, and I don't know. I don't know if you could ever get. Yeah, you'd that. love to my, see it, though, wouldn't my, you? My, my you'd love builder, to see it. My bet builder's blown up. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have realised that I have literally just basically 
taken Watford versus Leicester at the end of the championship season about 2015. But this won't be at the end of the game, so I'll just try and make it a bit different <laughs> than being a last-minute winner. But, um, but yeah, I, I just wanted to think of something with Fraser and obviously his penalty against Burton last year when he was supposed to be so good at it. Um, <laughs> wasn't particularly good, so it'd be quite uh, funny to see him get one and miss again. But this time, we'll be very happy about it. So, And if we end up scoring on the break, then even better. Um, although, I have to say, JD Ooh. will give the penalty away. A little bit of... Um... Oh, I've got odds on Charlton to miss a penalty. Oh, OK. Uh, 22 to 1 for Charlton to miss the penalty. Uh, I don't think you'll be able to do it as a bet builder, but if someone out there was offering it, 22 to 1 times, let's say the battle will be just over evens to score a goal. Uh, 8 to 5 he is. So it's always <laughs> You're looking at three, well, put it this way, you'd be looking at three figures, it'd be over 100 to 1. How much putting on that? Audio, audio listeners, there's there's steam coming out of Bloomer's ears at this point. <laughs> Put a cheeky quid on that. <laughs> Maybe a cheeky couple. Quid. Yeah, why not? Why not? Uh, what is the score prediction then, Liam? Uh, I think it'll be 2-1. I think it'll be tight. Um, uh, I don't think, as Matt said, I don't think Charlton are as good as us. They are a bit erratic, but they haven't been uh, until... Tuesday night beaten at home, um, although that's a bit of a shocker against MK Dons on Tuesday night. And the fact that they're missing their centre-half because of that um, can only play into our hands. Um, but it is a big stadium. Uh, so, And we, we saw last season what, what can happen when uh, things don't go right. Um, so I, I don't think we'll walk it. I don't think Charlton are as bad... Um, a team as as people might think they're actually right outside the playoffs. So I think it'll be tight, but I think we will do just about enough to win the game um, in the end. So yeah, I'm saying two one town. Slight correction there. There's no Dons in Milton Keynes, Liam. Ooh. Easy, yeah, easy thing to say because um, yeah, it's just yeah, but yeah, we know we know what you mean. I don't, we know what you mean. I don't yeah. care about them. They're an irrelevant club anyway, so I, I don't. There we go. Oh, hello, hello, Middle Kings fans. Hello. Uh, Bloomers, <laughs> over to you, my friend. Hot takes for Charlton. four of them. Yes. Um, yeah, hot takes, my friend. Yeah, well, also, my maths was completely wrong. It's uh, If you've got the 5-1 for the Dapo first goal scorer combined, then you'd be looking at a over 100 to one payout. Uh, and also, the bro that broke woke meme that's on Twitter. Broke is uh, Watford v uh, Leicester in the... Uh, plus the final. The woke version is Brentford v Doncaster in the last game of League One in the same season, where exactly the same thing happened. But that goal meant that Doncaster was top of uh, top of the League One and champions. And thirty seconds before that, they were missing out on all classic promotion altogether. That's that's the one to remember. Forget Deeney and Watford uh, against uh, against Leicester. Uh, my hot, <laughs> it's really a hot take. This first one is that. I think we're all going to have a bit of a better time. No matter, regardless. Those, clip that, clip that, Ross. Clip that. We've referenced it enough times in this podcast. If anyone still doesn't know, um, we played Charlton in December, I think it was December 7th, 8th, 
uh, last year. Lost 2-0. It was John McGill's interim spell in charge of the club and the atmosphere was poisonous. And after the game, I was rather annoyed and Ross happened to stick a microphone in front of me while I was being annoyed. And the resulting comedy gold is uh, on YouTube. I still have never watched it back, although I uh, I saw some of it with the sound off. Um, when was it? The other week. So it's funny that you know, not even a year later, how different things are, and 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 that's just a testament to how far everyone has come in there in that time. So uh, yeah, it'll be personal retribution if we do win. It'll be nice to to lay that ghost to rest. Um, I think a hot, <laughs> I think a hot take is, and I don't mean to poo poo this because this is coming from the person who said that we wouldn't win on a Tuesday before the game when. Uh, it was confirmed that Evans and Morsey were going to miss the game. I think it's that actually we might not get as much success out of this game uh, in terms of attacking prowess as, as we think. Um, Charlton are a bit of a weird team, really. They were really on an upward trajectory up until uh, Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday. I think it was Tuesday uh, when they played uh, MK. And you all just said, you spoke about this, didn't you, just before and I wasn't listening. That's why MK was mentioned. <laughs> um yes. all right well before that i'm pretty sure you weren't talking about that one nil win over shrewsbury the, the, the week before no no you weren't no uh, there you go no, I, I saved it hey we're on an upward trajectory and they, they've got young talent or charlton often have young talent that's never been a problem for them um the the valley have just recently reduced ticket prices because it was a very big road of contention they had some of the most expensive tickets in league one and attendances were suffering for it i mean being a london club and you're in the shadow of all of the clubs in the Championship and the Premier League. It's been tough for them. So it'll be interesting to see actually how many of their fans turn up. But it's, it, the Valley's never really been a happy place for us. There's been a lot of negative games there, going back to the playoffs when it was a two-legged affair. Um, uh, when was it? I think it was in the 90s or 80s. We lost there in the playoffs. I remember losing, being 3-0 down at half-time in 2006, seven. That was the, the game then uh, Pablo Cunhago scored his back hill. In the second half, make it three-one. Yeah, I mean, no hunts goal aside, it's not been the happiest of hunting grounds for us, and and it's going to be a, a difficult game. And they all. At what point do you say? I'm doing a, a Liam from Crew di- diversion here, but it's a it's a kind of a tenuous one. Um, at what point do you say actually? Winning is winning, and not winning well doesn't matter as much as we think it does. Because Plymouth Sheffield Wednesday and Plymouth Sheffield Wednesday and Ipswich fans have all been saying, "Oh, yeah, we're winning these games. We're not winning well." Well, actually, maybe it's just that that's what winning is in League One. Like maybe the five nils and six nils don't actually come around that often. Maybe they are all just eighty percent wars of attrition. Maybe that that's actually that the margins are razor thin. It's just that the good teams are on the right side of it much more often than the bad teams. I think we can all count on maybe one hand the amount of comfortable wins we've had this season. And we've had, what, 10 of them? 11 of them? 11 of them? So, like, you know, it's it's the, the way of League One. And I think it's going to be exactly the same on Saturday. I think that you have... I will predict a win because I haven't actually given a prediction yet. I haven't given a prediction yet on the chat. So I'll say... I will say 2-1. But I think this is a single goal game either way or a, or, or a draw I don't see any side winning this comfortably and I don't see us winning it comfortably just because that is League One this season 
and you're going on the back of an away game in, in Staffordshire on Tuesday night, and then an away game in London on Saturday. Like this, this isn't easy. We were we were up at St George's Park, I assume, the the, the night before as well, uh, midweek. We've certainly left St George's Park on the Tuesday afternoon to go to the stadium because they showed it in the town and five. So this does take it out of players. I don't care who you are. I'm, you know, the TB12 method hasn't kicked in yet. So it's 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 uh, going to be tough going. And if I, I need to remind, I need to remind myself of this. And you guys, if you're all going on Saturday, can remind me of this as well on 5 p.m. If we haven't won, is not to get carried away. We have that buffer now. No matter what happens on Saturday, we can't not be in the top two come come the end of the day. Agreed. So, yeah. This yeah. is me telling myself more than anything else, is that actually, just because it might be another war of attrition, and maybe we don't get the rub of the green this time around, it's not the end of the world. That's my opinion. Hot tape. They're all really valid points you make there, Bloomers, and I think, I think just flipping on his head, like I said, and it goes back to what I said about the Port Vale game as well, in that that's a game we would have lost. I'm quite happily winning games like we did on Tuesday night because we were losing and drawing those games under Paul Cook last season and under Paul Lambert seasons previous to that. Um, and, and Ross, you'll know this because you, you see just as much, if not more, of the, the women's side than I have. Uh, with the women's team last year, we, we spent a good half of the season battering all comers pretty much up until December when we lost to Oxford. Um, and then, the, and then the season faded after that. So you, it, and that same as sort of that that first season, or the first, both those start season starts under Lambert, where we raced away. We were winning games by handy scores, but not well because we had players that were better than sort of other players in the league, rather than having a better team. Um, and and we faded away. Whereas this this time, I, I'm I'm quite confident we won't fade away. I think Liam made that good point that it's not so much worrying about Plymouth above us. The fact that we've got, what, 14 points between us and seventh at the moment in, at the end of October and, and keeping that gap going. And and every time, we well, I say every time, we've lost twice this season, you know. We've mm-hmm. lost to Plymouth, which I still say are the best team that I've seen this play so far this season. We've lost to Lincoln, Great. who did a very good job setting up to, to, to nullify what is good about us, you know. And both times we've bounced back from that. And I have every confidence because we will lose again this season. We're not. We're not going to go through the whole season only having lost two games. You know, we are going to lose again. Might even. I'm going for a three-one win because I think we will. But it could be this Saturday for all I know. But when we lose again, McKenna and his team will learn from that. They will implement the learning from that, and we'll bounce back. And I, I really do feel, and I've not felt. I'll be honest with you, I've, I've not felt this confident about sort of teams sort of bouncing back and that since watching Birdie's teams in the late 90s. You know, it, is, it does. I'm not going to compare the two because we're, we're different divisional levels, but there, there's, there's, a, there's a parallel there that I really do think, yeah, it's, I completely agree with you, Blimmers. It's not, if we lose on Saturday, it's not the end of the world. Not like, not like if we lost one of these games under Lambert or Cook, certainly. So we've given ourselves that buffer now to, to allow ourselves to have these mistakes. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we didn't have in the in the well, we did have it in in the first couple of years under Lambert, but it wasn't. It ended up not being a mistake. It ended up just being a. a well, we we making the same mistake every bloody week. That was the problem, wasn't it? So we yeah. went into that buffer array of knots. Yeah, we, we weren't good enough. We ended up where we deserved to end up. That was yeah. the key thing with that. Oh, I don't I, think anyone. Yeah, no one's going to disagree with you right. on that. I, st- I stand by what I said. We weren't a good team. We just had several quality players. That were still championship level that we we we'd managed to retain after getting relegated. Whereas we had, as a unit, 
we have a better unit now and that's that's shown by how they celebrate you know and that's also shown by how they get around each other and come and sort of support each other during the adverse moments as well that's the difference between now and then just so we don't end this segment and the pod as a whole on a, on a downer note i will just just give us a glimmer of hope going into the weekend um the not the top 20 podcast to which i listen to every well every time they make a podcast um george and ali very very good opinions and analysis they do a betting show on a thursday and they both have ipswich to win as their next best bet and george's quote and i'll, I'll paraphrase it slightly but it was at the, the level of performance currently this is a league two league two side playing against a championship side you don't need to tell me which side is what so he's going against my opinion that Charn actually aren't that bad but they are purring about the way that we're operating our business now and, and how the underlying numbers suggest that actually we're a couple of steps above Chef Wednesday and Plymouth right now. Whether you like to believe in, in those underlying sort of XG style numbers is, is up to you. But um, put it this way, they, they are confident in us winning and in turn that gives me confidence as well going into Saturday. It's, it's always the sign of a really good team when you win, when you're not playing well. And there will always be, even you look at Man City right now in the Premier League and, and people are wondering, are anyone going to get near them with Haaland scoring goals left, right and centre and the way Guardiola plays? But they're going to have off days. They're going to have games where they don't perform and they end up maybe scraping a result when you'd expect them to end up battering someone. So it's going to happen all season. I think League One... It's a competitive league. It's like a mini championship, the top half of it. A lot of those clubs are championship size, should probably be in the championship right now. So it, it isn't an easy league. Um, and especially when you go away to some of these smaller clubs, smaller grounds, um, it can be challenging. You, you, we saw that at Morecambe. We, we all thought we were going to go there and batter them and we ended up managing to win in the end but we we had to do it the hard way by going behind and we're going to have games like that but if we can keep winning while not playing well then we will be absolutely fine this season and it is the sign of a very good side which bodes really well for us going forward well, I enjoyed that, gentlemen. That was a very good conversation. I just was sitting in the background, nodding my head like a dog, and um, it was good conversation, boys. So well done for that. I hope everyone at home enjoy listening to that. Um, I think that's the best way to end the podcast. But as always, any other business, Matt Macon, got anything, my friend? Uh, just comment on having made a little parallel there with the women's team earlier. Just comment on on obviously after not a great start to the season, we're not what now five five wins on the bounce or five no, five games undefeated on the bounce in the league now. Um, Annoyingly, fixtures have been chopped and changed a bit in that. And there's there's no game this uh, this weekend, but there's uh, obviously a, the rearranged cup game against Hashtag United on the sixth of November. Uh, venue TBC as the AGL isn't available, so I suspect it'll probably be a Playford Road, but. Um, yeah, just uh, yeah, the women's team. Yeah, it's much more open league. This is a much more competitive league this season, I think. Um, and you know, we're we're starting to we've got games in hand over um, sort of the teams above us. We're, we're level on points with Portsmouth now. There's only Watford and Oxford in front of us, and um, we've got games in hand. So yeah, it's good to see after having had a ropey start. You know, we're um, they're, they're they're getting off and tonk tonk Milton Keynes five one in Felix Day. 
yeah, you and I got a bit soaked on uh, on Sunday, didn't we, mate? <laughs> yeah, we did indeed. Um, it's a nice opportunity to plug, of course, Track the Girls Talk, if you haven't listened to already, uh, with me, Blue Wilson, and Anna Gray, Player of the Month for September. So um, check it out if you haven't already. Always good. Um, Live Recruit, any other business, my friend? Uh, Needham are playing Harpenden in the FA Cup oh. on Sunday if you fancy a game. If, uh, yeah. And Bloomers, any other business from you, my friend? <laughs> I'm not sure it's going to be uh, it's going to be more wanted, but uh, yeah, big big weekend for NFL. Anyone is interested? Anyone know what wants to know what it's all about? Uh, Tom Brady's playing tonight at 1:20 a.m. So if anyone who needs a, a cure for their insomnia, um, watch the Buccaneers' offense at the moment. Um, the Jacksonville Jaguars are playing at Wembley. It's the NFL Wembley game this Sunday, so actually it's a big it's a very big weekend. Um, London's official, unofficial team, Jackson, will be playing at Wembley against the Denver Broncos. I'll be going to that one. That should be a good fun. And if you do like NFL, and this is the most shameless plug of all time, and I can't believe Ross is going to let me do this, uh, tjbloomfield.medium.com is uh, my website where I'm writing some NFL stuff every week. Uh, I actually do do a little bit of journalism. I am uh, accredited, so... Not not quite as good as Ross, and, and certainly not as good as Matt's match reports uh, for the ladies. But I've got some NFL previews uh, for for every week, and and they're at a betting angle as well. So if you like that kind of thing, there you go. There you are, Matt. You've got what your uh, your match reports plugged as well. You're making me blush, Lumis. Making. Do you see that? Do you see what he did there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like it. I like it. I like it. Uh, Liam, ca- sorry, carry on. I did. I did you know, cut you off there. Carry I on, was, if you want, my friend. I, I was literally only joking. Uh, I wouldn't want anyone to go to Luton. FA also FA Cup. Is that yeah. right? That's, the no, women's no, FA Cup. Yeah. Oh, that's why I was confused. Yeah. 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 Well, of course. Um, of course, we are going to be going to Bracknell Town. Um, in a few weeks' time. Um, well, that'll be the next game after Charlton because we've got another games, have we? There's, it's basically uh, his more, FA Cup weekend. So, um, more, yeah, yeah, that'll be very Needham, interesting. There's more than one Needham team in the FA Cup still, which is yeah, rare. So. Yeah. Yeah. Needham going to Burton, of course. That'll be interesting. I'm sure a lot of people, if you can't go to Bracknell, go and support Needham Market because they're another local team. Well, uh, Always good to... Will yeah. you be at Bracknell, Ross? Hopefully, hopefully you never know. It's, you know, it's going to be one of the... Because it's a Monday night, so many people are wanting to go. So, uh Hopefully I can get there and uh, we'll bring you a game day and everything um, and we'll see all that sort of stuff. But um, Bloomers, Liam from Crew, Matt, thank you very much for joining me for another fan social. Everyone's enjoyed another great podcast. Um, of course, got to plug our sponsors at Manscaped. Use the code Coway. You get 20% off and free delivery at manscaped.com. And um, of course, follow us on all our socials, Matt Macon, Bloomers, Liam from Crew, and of course, Kings of Anglia, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and all the other bits and bobs we do. If you are going to the game, enjoy. If you're not, follow the game with us. I'll be back next week for more podcasts, more videos, and all great stuff. Bye for now. From true crime to football, Brexit to football, more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash
Ask Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.